everybody. Turn this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Should we take them to the howl? Is it a howl? Wow. We'll see. Only time will tell. I don't know. <laughs> Either way at this point. Nice. That was a beautiful howl. Yeah, we wouldn't tease the howl and then leave you guys hanging like that. That's just not us. That's not what we're about. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another very, very exciting episode of the Friends Talking fantasy podcast my name is charles and with me today as always is my lifelong friend and co-host dylan i'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend charles i'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend dylan some good old-fashioned spoiler-free no reading required fantasy from one of our most popular highly requested (laughs) No one's ever requested it, but we like to make it series, the only only who would win fantasy character scenario. You know, Charles, we ripped on this who would win (laughs) segment a little bit last time for not getting a lot of downloads, but it seems like it's doing a little bit better based on the last one we released. So we stuck with it. We believed in it. And so did you the listener and we appreciate every download that has come so far including the one that accounts for you hearing us talk right now we're excited to get into this super thrilled you know it's when we were looking at the analytics like this series has legs it's it it lasts longer and it keeps the views going like you know some of these more like reading required ones like book discussions or theory discussions um they spike and then they taper off, uh, but these ones they you know they sprinkled throughout all of all of time. You know, someone's just like, oh, I want to check out this this spoiler free wild thing. This who would win? Because you know what, you can't get this anywhere else. This is the third time anything like this has ever happened, and the other two times were on the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast. <laughs> well, Charles, shall we explain what? The rules are the rules. <laughs> what the way? How this works? Who, yeah, how it works. What are the rules? The very rigid <laughs> rules about who would win, Charles. Well, it's quite simple. You know, every once in a while, Dylan and I, as fantasy enthusiasts, we tinker away at this little project we're working on called the Who Would Win fantasy scenario generator tm it's a bit of a fantasy algorithm that we've been cooking up what it does is it takes fantasy characters mostly from series that we have discussed on the show things like mistborn king killer lord of the rings witcher etc and then we also pepper in a few uh a few pop culture characters from things like star wars harry potter pokemon you know all that stuff as well And then we also come up with a bunch of different kind of competitions, things like fist fighting, tennis matches, cook-offs, and we plug them into our generator uh, that we created here on the show, 
and it's going to bring up two characters and a competition. And then it's our pleasure to speculate on who we think would win. Nailed it, Charles. And don't forget that you, me, and our friend Derek, who you might find if you listen to our travel discussion episodes about our trip to New Zealand, uh, all three of us are actually in the generator too. So we could end up coming out in one of these generated matchups here. That's right. Anything is possible in the world of who would win. And you'll see what we're talking about when we start running this generator. So should we not delay any further and, and put this generator to the test? I'm already putting it to the test here. Beep, boop, beep. The generator is going, Charles. And it's a rap battle. Rap battle. Let's see. Who is going to enter the rap battle? We have Kite and Breeze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Kite is from the Poppy War. He is a he's a brainiac basically he's Mm -hmm. really really smart pretty pragmatic person definitely counterbalances rin who's a a little bit more rash and then we've got breeze who uses emotional allomancy and stuff like that uh to manipulate people's emotions uh but what will come of their rap battle matchup here, Charles? <laughs> they probably both have equal like verse and rhyming skills, which is not any. But I feel like Breeze's ability to soothe would help him kind of win over the crowd and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and kind of um, you know get Kate kind of psyched out and get everyone else being feel, feeling good, you know, while he is attempting to rap. So I'm more inclined to give it to Breeze on this one. Yeah, I guess it does depend how the rap battle is decided. Like, are there... It's like the cheering of the crowd, you know, is what decides it. Yeah, I just feel like Hite would be not a particularly great performer. Like he, I mentioned he was pragmatic. He's doesn't seem like the kind of person who could really work a crowd while he's really smart and mm-hmm. breeze we know definitely can work a crowd both using his natural charisma and his magical prowess so <laughs> i'm with you charles it feels like breeze would find a way to win this one yeah yeah he'd be like mm. my name is breeze and i'm here to say i'm gonna fire your emotions in a major way <laughs> Give me a beer. (laughs) Bring me some wine. (laughs) And yeah, that would be Uh, it. I can't think of the next line. (laughs) But it wouldn't matter because you then just flare everyone's emotions and be like, woohoo, we love you, Breeze. This guy is great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you got to give it to Breeze on that one. Nailed it, Charles. Kate would be like, well, mathematically, those words don't rhyme. <laughs> and it's like, get out of here. Get out of here, Kate. <laughs> it's like, give me a day to like compute the most accurate rhymes. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. And we don't have a day for you, That's Kite. not how We're rap works. We're already moving on. Yeah. Let's, let's get some more names in the generator. Beep, boop, beep. 
Bop, beep, boop. boop, beep. This is 1v1 basketball over oh, here, 1v1 basketball. And the contenders in one side of the court, we have Kid Anakin with all his midichlorians. Oh, all his midichlorians. <laughs> all of them. And then on the other end, we have Faramir. <laughs> Charles, you know Lord of the Rings a little bit better than me. Any idea how tall Faramir is? Taller than Kid Anakin. <laughs> Most people are. He's like, you know, man size. Somewhere in the five foot, six foot range. It's too bad it's not beach volleyball. Yeah. Be fun to watch Kid Anakin try to navigate all that sand. Oh, yeah. He'd be at a huge turf disadvantage there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Faramir's just taller and he he may not have any midichlorians but he could easily just dunk on kid anakin i feel like it wouldn't be that big of a challenge i feel the same way charles faramir all the way i don't care how many midichlorians kid anakin has (laughs) kid anakin's like i'll try dunking that's a neat trick and then faramir would just like boom slam slam it out of his hands (laughs) yeah so yeah, this Feeling isn't pod racing. It's, it's hoops. So, Faramir all the way. Faramir all again. the way. Keep it rolling. Beep, boop, beep. Settlers of Catan, Charles. Now, you're going to like this one. I guess, should I pick a third person? Because Yeah, we, we do usually do that. So, let me first set the stage for, for the first two that I have picked here. Because the generator picks two names at once. When I, and first, we have Sister Kettle. And Ooh. then, and then we from book of the ancestor. We have the friends talking fantasy co-host. Turn it up in his headphones. It's Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see who the third and a returning Catan player. I think is Yoda, Master Yoda from Star Wars. <laughs> he lost last time. Right? He... It was Yoda, Pikachu, and uh, Marsh. I think a different Marsh. But that's true from Mistborn, I think. Yeah, it was a different marsh. It was the Mistborn marsh, not the the yeah. Dylan marsh. Um, so this is an interesting one, Dylan. You're kind of biased here. You may have to I know. recluse yourself here or whatever. I was that... legitimately just thinking that. <laughs> I'm like, um, you know, immediately Dylan sticks out to me. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's the only one that's actually played Catan before, so mm. that is a huge advantage. Um, in terms of uh, winning the game, uh, we've already said Yoda, not so great of a strategy guy, um, kind of getting outmaneuvered at a lot of opportunities if you stop to actually think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Sister Kettle also kind of playing catch up when it comes to things like political intrigue and strategy or, or even like oh, yeah, the kids, they're all fighting for their lives over there. I'm supposed to be protecting them. I should probably go over there, you know? So, um, you know, there's a a scenario in which Dylan of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast could come out and and get the win here. But you know what? It comes down to sometimes it's just plain old luck. Yeah, it's a dice game. And so. this is these are three sentient, competent individuals. <laughs> oh, which Charles, I'm... you're so kind. Sentient and confident. <laughs> so it's not like you're going up against Pikachu. Uh, 
And, uh, but you know, if it was someone like Abbas Glass over Sister Kettle, then oh, I'd say you, you'd have a, you'd have a tough go, but I think you have good standing here. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give Thanks, it to Charles. you. Thanks, Charles. Because you, you, you have experience with the game and these other two don't exactly exhibit great strategic skills. That's Come at fair. me, Yoda fans. <laughs> Come at Charles, Yoda fans. <laughs> So congratulations right. on Thank you. on the victory there. That's pretty exciting. That's my, I think that's my first win in Who Would Win. Was that also your first uh, nomination? <laughs> yeah, undefeated. Wow, that's pretty great. So... <laughs> Only Derek had appeared before in the three-legged race. <laughs> yeah, John and... Jar tied to him. <laughs> yeah, he unfortunately lost, but he was paired up with the worst possible partner at the time. So You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Let's get this generator going. Beep, boop, beep. We're arm wrestling, Charles. Now, here's an interesting one, because on one end, we have Nona from oh. Book of the Ancestor. Nona Gray. Nona Gray. Um, she is a, you know, a preteen girl, but she does have some crazy strength. Does she have crazy strength? Mm. Not really. Not really. So she's up against... We're, we're saying like Red Sister Nona. Like to avoid spoilers and things like that. So she's like tops like 12 at this time. Okay, okay, okay. And we have on the other end, we have from Lord of the Rings, um, don't take his precious, it's Gollum. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. I love how you're like acting like a game show host. <laughs> like, welcome out to the state, like a celebrity yeah. game show host. Don't come take on, precious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to spice it up for the viewers, at, for the listeners at home. Well, you spice it up for me, Charles. I'm enjoying it. Uh, so, okay. Gollum. I feel like he's not particularly strong, right? He. Pretty much gets beat up by, I, I don't know if this uh, is, is that a spoiler if I start? Uh, I'm not, you know, he he does exhibit some strength, like he hunts for his food, he uses his hands, he's crawling around, he can have this like almost desperate panicky bursts of strength and agility as well. Gollum <laughs> is someone you don't want to underestimate when it comes to strength, he will spring out at you and... And um, I would say it really more comes down to, like, can Nona use any of her, um, like, you know, special abilities abilities to give her just a boost of strength? And that is, I think, what we're deciding here. Like, can can Nona give her more herself just more muscular strength to use an arm wrestling? Well, I mean, at least to this point. Like we're we're saying Nona like red sister all this kind of stuff, and we don't know what does or doesn't happen beyond that. I'd say Nona doesn't really have any abilities that would let her do much of that, and I think we then maybe if we're this was Gollum. like a fist fight, it wouldn't be much of a challenge. No. It would be Nona, and if it was a fight with powers, it would be Nona. But in a in a arm wrestling match, that's a little trickier because Gollum all looks of so frail though. 
but he can he can like attack people and jump around. He certainly has more strength than a than a middle-aged girl unassisted with powers abilities. I mean, I'll you you know a little more about Lord of the Rings than I do here. Charles. I mean, look, Gollum's not word. like known for his feats of strength, but he is like a. Uh, he does have these moments where he can he can do things that require a lot of like strength and agility and like Maybe agility. And like uh, catching fish is not like imp- impressing me with your strength. You know what? I'm saying Nona Charles, and you can say Gollum if you want. <laughs> We we can be split. It's okay. I I'm still towards Gollum on this one, and also Gollum might have longer arms, which you know Mark Lawrence, big physics guy. You know mm. Gollum could get the torque going and and just uh, use his pure extra length to to overtake Nona in an arm wrestle. I'm yeah, sticking well, Gollum. He's two to three feet tall, so. There's that. But he's got like really long search. spidery limbs. He does, he does. <laughs> All right. Well, I say we're split on that one. Right Listeners, in fans. You decide. Yeah. You uh, decide. tweet at us at the FDF podcast one. Help us break the tie. Who would yeah. win in a theoretical arm wrestling tournament? No powers. Nona or Gollum. Write it in. Red sister Nona. Red sister Nona. Early Any later. Nona. It's not even close, I think. But, all right, shall we get the generator pumping? Let's do it. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> We've got a bench press here, Charles. I feel like we're back-to-back with these just, like, kind of raw strength ones. And much like the last one, we have a Book of the Ancestor Lord of the Rings matchup. Um the first up in in the in the in the first corner, <laughs> we have uh, she's pulling all the strings. Jolie oh. Namsis of the royal sis uh, of prestigious class of nobles. <laughs> Nailed it in, in Book Not of the royal. Ancestor, <laughs> and sure. uh, she's in trouble. I would say she pull threads, which is kind of like emotional manipulation. Yeah, no help in bench pressing. And then on the other side, from deep down in the mines, it still only counts as one. Gimli, son of Gloin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a mismatch. Yeah, it's Gimli all the way. I feel like Gimli is, he'd be great for bench press. He's basically built like... (laughs) He's prime for, for it. Yeah. yeah, it's like brute strength. This kind of his like yeah. fighting tactic. So yeah, against Not someone who has no physical strength ability, uh, yeah, easily. Gimli. Yeah, easily. Not a lot to say on this. Gimli nope. smokes Joelle. Let's get it going. Let's beep, get it going. Beep, beep boop, and we've got a debate, Charles. Now this would be a very interesting debate. We have two characters. Both happening to be from the Kingkiller Chronicle. Ooh, In one corner, one of our we favorites. One of our favorites by far, certainly. We have Bast, <laughs> and then we have the master namer himself, Elodin. <laughs> Interesting. 
Like I feel like <laughs> so okay, Eladin is basically like the kooky teacher trope. Obviously, uh, like the kooky savant the though. Yeah. He's got the savantness about him. I think it's important to mention. And then Bast is of. I mean, maybe this is a bit of a spoiler. So Bast is kind of quotes apprentice, and he is obviously learning from one of the best at everything. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm sure he would be learning how to debate well from all those readings he's been doing. I just don't see Elodin conforming to a debate like narrative yeah. or setting. He'd just say kooky stuff and everyone would get fed up with him and not have any idea what he's talking about. He's known Agreed. for not making any sense. That's a character <laughs> trait of his. He makes no sense when he talks and all of his students don't even bother to show up to his lectures some half the time because they're just like, what is going on with this guy? I don't get it. And, and they bounce. So I don't think you could give it to him. I'm with you, Charles. Eldon <laughs> in a formal debate setting, I I don't really trust him to conform to the necessary rules, while Bast probably would be able to do it well enough to win this one. So I think Eldon's a bright dude, but just not the right setting for him here. I would agree 100%. You know, Eldon would just be like, saying all this weird kooky stuff like oh to to uh you have to just be right or be wrong or say the name of this you just have to know it and then bast would be like at least making coherent sentences so (laughs) (laughs) that'll do it and uh that'll get you pretty far in a debate (laughs) especially when the other person is not doing that so for sure let's get the next one going bast it is Beep boop, it's trivia. Trivia. Oh, that's kind of unfortunate because we have a good matchup here, but trivia is a pretty irrelevant for these two. Um, well, let's crank it out quick and we can even keep them going into the next one if we want. So we have Clara and we have Rin. Clara oh. and Rin. Two very interesting when you compare them characters. Okay, so... Clara from Book of the Ancestor. God, I don't want to spoil anything, Charles, but she's a little more pragmatic. We use that word a lot on here, right? A little more pragmatic. When we're talking about Mark Lawrence, we are. Yes, (laughs) that's true. So she's a little more pragmatic than some of the other characters she's surrounded by, like Nona. She definitely thinks that money is what makes the world go round. Yep. Daughter of a merchant. Mm -hmm. So she definitely is, um, sees kind of the motivation of money and advancement and things like that. Um, is part of her character. And, um, you know, what's to say about Rin? She is a very good student, I would say. When she commits her mind to something, she mm-hmm. goes all in and yes. she um, has a tendency to, you know, jump over the hurdles she needs to to get to where she needs to go. She's also a very pragmatic Machiavellian, even. Machiavellian, true. So I guess the question is like, do they have time to? prepare for this trivia 
night because Ren's the kind of person who would like read every textbook and memorize all the words, even if she didn't understand what they meant, and just mm-hmm. nail it on trivia night. Whereas Clara would probably try and like team up with the people that might know more about trivia and just be on their team and kind of ride on that. Or so, cheat. Or cheat. <laughs> yeah. um, so like, she's definitely it's canon that she's cheated in classes before. <laughs> so I think honestly though, Clara does not like the more academic classes in uh, Sweet Mercy Convent mm-hmm. while Rin's I mean, an accomplished academic care. too. Like, yeah, very. I think it's Rin in a trivia. Like it's. I think, I think that's fair. Close. I think that's fair. I'd give it yeah. to Rin as well. Cool. Do we want to carry them through, or do we want to just Let's do a new matchup? Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep All right. it rolling. Beep boop beep boop, boop, boop. beep. We've got an election, Charles. We have an election, and in the in the. Uh, airbending party. We have Aang from the the Avatar: The Last Airbender, and representing the Pokemon party is Pikachu. <laughs> Aang versus Pikachu, <laughs> and an election. <laughs> I would want neither one of these people running the country. <laughs> I definitely do not want Pikachu to run the country. It's almost like where, you know, there's that scene in The Office with Michael Scott where he's like, if children ran the country, then there would be no war and (laughs) no. And then he kind of starts descending into like, well, there'd be no government, really. It's actually a a terrible idea. (laughs) And I think that's Pikachu running the country is like just complete anarchy there's not really any leadership going on so i don't know i think just by being a, a person I'm <laughs> that's a fair point but consider this everybody loves pikachu pikachu <laughs> is the multicultural phenomenon he is the most famous character in the most famous intellectual intellectual property of all intellectual property there is no more successful franchise than pokemon and there is no more successful pokemon than pikachu the guy has captured the hearts of the entire world it's very rare that we can all agree on one thing and it seems that the world is in agreement that you know we like pikachu you know pikachu has captured the hearts of many generations you know your grandma knows who pikachu is and your five-year-old niece knows who pikachu is he's how can you lose an election when everyone knows who you are? And also think of his stance on uh, uh, sustainable energy. He's a ball of energy. Just get the peak free energy for everyone. You solve climate change through the peak of power of all that electricity. I mean, come on. You make some interesting points there charles i think pikachu it's like kanye west was on the ballot recently right (laughs) it's like yeah kanye west also my grandma and my non-existent five-year-old niece know who kanye west is but they didn't vote for him (laughs) and that's because you might know who someone is but also be able to acknowledge hey well also because my five-year-old niece doesn't exist and wouldn't be of age to vote but (laughs) at the same time it's like yeah, you can all know someone and still say, well, this isn't a person who's fit for office and they're not going to just like win an election 
based on that. So I think, I think the people, it's like these debates, Charles, that would happen between uh, Pikachu <laughs> and Aang. It's like the people would see that Pikachu has no depth. Uh, they'd see right through him, and they would know Aang is the person to go I for. I think they'd see Pikachu as a straight shooter, you know? He <laughs> sticks to his guns. It, uh, he's consistent across all of his stances. Gun control, Pika Pika. <laughs> <laughs> Healthcare, Pikachu. <laughs> Charles, have you seen... You have. You've seen Community, uh, the TV yes, show. So, I you have. know, there's like the, the, ele- the oh, scene. Oh, pop, pop or whatever. Pop, pop. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Everyone <laughs> cheers. Leonard is going, making raspberry sounds, <laughs> like the blowing your tongue sound that yeah. I'm not going to make on a podcast because it'll probably sound gross. <laughs> and then <laughs> it goes back to uh, Magnitude, who's like, pop, pop. And <laughs> yeah, Magnitude. <laughs> it's just back and forth between that. And what happened, that, Dylan? People, the people loved. voted for South Park. Oh, that's a spoiler for Community, I guess, but it doesn't matter. But <laughs> like, people liked, they cheered for Magnitude. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't vote for him in the end. And I think that's what would happen. All right, we'll give it to Aang because he's sentient and has shown leadership abilities. And as cool as electrics, free electricity is, you know, wind energy is the future. So fine, 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 fine. I'll concede. Nailed it. <laughs> Just had to give Pikachu a fair shot. You went all in. <laughs> what do we got? All right. We've got a cook-off, Charles. A cook-off with a not-so-seemingly-random matchup here. On one side, we have the White Wolf himself, Geralt of Rivia. And okay. then on the other side, you might hear his lute playing oh, Dandelion in a cook-off. I mean, I feel like this could be one of those... Short stories. ...filler episode feeling short stories. It's like there's the episode with Doodoo, the doppelganger. <laughs> or Sorry, episode. There's the, um, the short story that feels like a filler episode with Doodoo, the doppelganger, and was that sort of Destiny? And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is going on here? How is this actually a part of the greater Witcher story? And I feel like a cook-off between Geralt and Dandelion could actually happen in one of those. It's true. And there is a canon moment where they're fishing. And who is it talking about using the head for stock? It's Dandelion. He's like, we'll oh. use it and we'll make soup. <laughs> that was like his whole... He had a plan. He had a vision. Geralt was just trying to catch the fish. But it was Dandelion that was already conceiving the recipe for a fish stew. Well said, Charles. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to draw from actual canon here. That's sure. right. That was Dandelion. when they were fishing. And that's when they accidentally dug up the, um, the gin. And um, happens to the best of us, and and they accidentally made those those wishes, and that's a fun story for anyone that hasn't read the Last Wish. Go check it out. I just set it up for you, and uh, yeah, there is some food cooking canon going on in there. So, I also feel like Geralt doesn't wouldn't have any passion when it comes to cooking. He'd sooner just like eat what's practical and. That's that where Dandelion likes to the to like the more grandiose, lavish nature of him. He's more in 
inclined to indulge himself in things like fancy foods and stuff. So I'm liking Dandelion for this one. I am too, Charles. Let's. Well, we're at about that time, actually. I'm looking at the clock here. Should we go into the final bout? That would be a three-legged race then, Charles. Can yeah, you something... remind everyone what a three-legged race is? Sure. Well, I'll remind them of that, and then I'll remind them of the tradition that we decided sure. to start. So we this is our third who would win. In the first who would win, towards the end of the show, we had the scenario of the three-legged race. A three-legged race, for those of you who don't know, it's two people standing side by side. The two legs that are next to each other, right, from each individual, you tie those legs together. So now it's two people, three legs, and you try and race other people that have two of their feet tied together, and you, you see who would win, right? So in the last Who Would Win episode, we serendipitously ended up with another three-legged lace scenario with one of the previous winners, uh, Katara herself. It was ended up being Katara and Dumbledore racing against Ray and Ham. And in a surprising upset, Ray and Ham like took the belt from the champion. And so we decided, you know what? Let's try and end the next show carrying that on. We have the ch- champion and the contender. So we have Ray and Ham, the returning champions of the three-legged race. They're tough to beat, you know. We're gonna just yeah. put in the random generator and see if we can get a better matchup here. But I'm telling you, it's gonna be tough. So Ham is from Mistborn, for all those wondering. Yes, Pewter Burner and Pewter Burner, so he can increase his strength and his constitution. Uh, while right. Ray is from Star Wars, and and you know who Ray is probably. Yep, very athletic, very competent. A fast runner as well. We've seen her outrun Poe a bunch of times. Finn. Finn. And she probably outran Poe at some point too, let's be <laughs> Charles, honest. Charles, we've here. had this same, this is literally the same thing we oh, yeah. that happened last time. <laughs> I made you the same. Mistook, yeah, you mistook Finn for <laughs> Poe, and then I corrected you and said Finn, and then you said she probably outrun <laughs> Poe too. <laughs> you being like, did Well, I'm glad already. that I'm still... Sticking to my guns, you know? I'm setting my ways. So, yeah, tough contenders. And I feel like, you know, if we do the show enough times and we continue to grow the list, eventually, through, like, evolution or something like that, we will have the perfect pair for a three-legged race. <laughs> That's something to aspire to here, Charles. Now, here, what happens if either Ray or Ham comes up in the draw now? Do we just redraw? Roll it again. Yeah, they can't be against themselves. All right. So let's do the draw. So going up against Ray. This is this is funny. Against Ray and Ham. <laughs> it's Quoth and Doxin. <laughs> the Mary Sue versus the Mistborn <laughs> Trooper. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you... <laughs> Well, do you know Charles and I have expressed our views, I assume, by this point, we have. on uh, the Mary Sue phrase, yeah. but we're not huge fans of using the phrase, but no, these are probably funny. the two characters <laughs> in like the greater fantasy literature and, like I guess, genre 
that most frequently gets slung the Mary Sue criticism in terms of Quoth from the Kingkiller Chronicle and then Ray from <laughs> Star Wars. So I know Charles is saying we might be moving toward the perfect team. It's probably Quoth and Ray if they ever end up on the same team. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that is very true. Because what's what's what has just happened is that anyone that does subscribe to this plot armory like you know wish fulfillment self-insertion aspects of either ray or quoth that's all negated now someone has to lose someone has to lose either that or like a wormhole opens up and like everyone gets sucked into it and time itself loses all meaning you know one of those things is gonna happen so either time itself loses all meaning or quoth or ray will lose it's hard to say which is more likely (laughs) i know it's pretty wild and then you know ham we're assuming he's not burning pewter right in in this race yeah so he's just kind of this big he's still a strong strong athletic dude yeah yeah yeah. whereas dachshund is kind of your average guy he's he's the planner not really the warrior or the um, feats of speed or strength kind of guy. Um, yeah. But- I mean, how much time do they have to prepare for this three-legged race? I think that could make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they get a few, you know, practice runs. They realize they're going to be on, you know, different teams and, and um, they're doing a few practice runs. Dachshund is trying to come up with the strategy. I think these matchups are so, so close. This race is so close. You know, I I picture where, you know, we're in the backyard, you know, uh, Geralt's working the grill. Dandelion is, you know, stirring his soup. And now all this. Dumbledore and Katara are still reeling from their loss yeah they sat this one out today they didn't make an appearance either one of them and um then you have ray determinately tying the string uh binding one of her legs to hams and then ham is being like you know we still have four legs it's just two of them are tied together <laughs> dude that's beautiful <laughs> That is exactly what happened. While Ray's tying them up. And then you have Quoth and Dachshund. And Dachshund's like, Quoth, I got to tell you, even though like Ham, I can confirm Ham has no pewter, he's still a really strong guy. And as plot armory as you are, I think you are evenly matched with Ray. And I'm not sure how much I can bring to the table here. <laughs> if if it's my strength against hams, even without pewter, so we're gonna have to be really in sync to pull this one out, you know. And uh, yeah. that's where we're at on this one. This is a toughie. It is a toughie, Charles. I I do think that if we look at Ray and Quoth, Quoth is less overpowered than Ray. He really is. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, especially at something. If neither of them have done it before, I think Ray is more likely to be just the one who's really good at it. And, and we know Ray has one time that she's done this before. That's true. And it's canon that episode. she can run 
yeah. fast, where we don't get a lot of running canon with Quoth. We can assume yeah. he runs very fast, but we don't <laughs> know exactly how fast. He hasn't raced anybody that I'm aware of. Um, right. Not that I can think of either. And he, I don't know. I, You know, as as I said, and you said too in our Quoth, is Quoth a Mary Sue episode, that a lot of the Mary Sue stuff with Quoth is a little overblown. No pun intended. <laughs> name of the wind there. But... <laughs> I, I think when he first tries stuff, oftentimes he does lose. Like, he first tries tack, he loses. He first tries fighting a 12-year-old girl, he loses. I think the first time he does his three-legged race, I think he's going to lose too, Charles, because it, even if we say he, he and Ray even out, the point you're making before about the then if it's just Dachshund versus Ham in a physical contest, you're choosing ham every time. Yeah, I'm. For all you listeners at home, I'm. I've been nodding my head in agreement this whole time as as Dylan made these absolutely accurate points. Uh, Quoth, as talented as he is, is not nearly displaying the uh, ability to catch on to a skill and be masterful at it as well as Ray can. And even if you canceled them out. I think just the athletic ability and strength of Ham, even without Pewter, is an advantage over Dachshund. So I think just both of those things combined, I think you have to continue to give it to Ray and Ham. I think you do. I'm with you, Charles. We're in agreement. The champions remain unseated, undefeated. It is Ray from Star Wars and Ham from Mistborn, the returning champs of the three-legged race. They're going to be tough to beat, Charles. They're going to be tough to beat. I hadn't even considered Quoth as a contender for Ray. That was that was brilliant. Fun. That was so close. And we got Dachshund, too, from Mistborn. Like, wow. I mean, what's it going to take? It's going to take like a... It's going to take two really fast characters to to come in here and unseat the the champs. Yeah, I think if Quoth had a really good partner, then... Like a Geralt or a Aang even. Sure. You know, something like that. Katara coming back to settle the score. But even then, it's all close. Just anyone athletic. Like maybe Kelsier if we're staying in Mistborn. I think just an athletic dude. Who'd yeah, probably yeah. have a good shot here, but I don't know. It's it's hard to think that there's a lot of folks in here who can really give Ray and Ham a run for their money. But as we keep reading new books, Charles, we'll keep adding new characters, and maybe <laughs> we'll add some characters who are particularly fast. <laughs> and oh, you know, this would have been the, perfect for Nona shot. with her Hunska speed. Yeah, but we do know that Hunska speed is more about agility and quickness than it is about like actually being fast in a sprint. So I think she'd be a good one. She'd definitely be fast. Right, if it's like Nona and Clara who are both Hunskas, yes. now we're talking. Yes, here. yeah, exactly. So Yeah, and good chemistry <laughs> with that one. Yeah, you know. The- Nona and Ara would be great. Yeah, because if you just had any one of those, like, you're only as fast as the 
person you're tied to, right? <laughs> like you, you're you, only you, as fast as the dachshund. Yeah, you can't like be hunska fast with while you're tied to someone like dachshund, right? Who's like, I can't keep up with that. We're gonna trip and <laughs> fall, and and it's gonna be a disaster. You know, you need to be two evenly matched and also really fast characters, which. I think the Hunska blood would be our best chance here. Two full-blooded Hunskas. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nona and Ara next time, hopefully. Yeah, well, it's up to the podcasting gods and the uh, who would win fantasy scenario generator TM gods as well. A lot of gods out there. A lot of gods. over our who would win episode. Indeed, but indeed. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Y'all out there are only listening, not watching, and we really do appreciate you taking the time to do so. Absolutely, guys. As we come to the end here and the outro music begins to to swell, just want to take this moment to thank you for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. This has been Dylan and Charles here. Uh, spicing it up for you with another who would win episode if you liked what you heard toss five stars to our podcast on on apple podcast who's going to be that eighth person that throws that five stars at the time of this recording yeah who's that going to be um, if you like what you hear and you want to kind of engage with us, Twitter is an excellent way to do that. And we're the FDF podcast with a number one at the end on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram are also an option. We are at the FDF podcast on both of those platforms. You could also shoot us an email at the FDF podcast at gmail.com. Type in Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast into Google. We got that SEO. You'll find us. Click around, interact with our stuff, listen to more episodes. Do what you can to support the show. We greatly appreciate it. But honestly, just getting to the end of this episode, more than enough. Thank you so much. Yeah, seriously. Sending our love out there. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.